But hey, we're, it's not Christmas time just yet. We got a lot to be thankful for. We sure do, Jake. Cheers! Cheers! <laughs> Hey, welcome back to Sippin' Mimos. I'm Elliot. And I'm Jake. And you are listening to the internet's premier Premier. citrus-based drink podcast. Uh Uh-huh. Where we discuss 90s radio rock and electronica music. This is true. It's, it's, uh, yeah. And you're actually tuning in on a very special episode. This is the Sippin' Mimos first, uh, first ever Thanksgiving special. Yeah, gobble, gobble. It's gobble season, Jake. It's gobble season. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, we'll cut that out. Uh, <laughs> turkey season? What do you call it? So we, we just got out of spooky season. What's what's Thanksgiving? Is it turkey season? Turkey season. Is it being thankful season? Crispy leaves, Charlie Brown, stuff like that. Oh, you know, I haven't watched. I haven't watched Charlie Brown. The Charlie Brown specials in a long time. Did Burt Bacharach? Do all the piano? Who was no? There were who? Who was the uh, like the dope oh. symphony that like did all the peanut stuff? It's a it's a jazz guy, Vince. Um, Some something trio. Yes, uh, it's gonna kill me, Vince uh, Guaraldi trio. That's the kind of Christmas music I can get into. Not to get into Christmas, but speaking of, like if you go to the mall, which I did recently, and we can talk about that and why I went to the you mall. Hate the mall. I hate them all. Uh, they just make me weird. They weird me out. It's so it's all halogen and like. If you've ever been to a mall you, recently, you, it's like full famously. Of- like I remember when the first conversation we had, I was like, "I'm going to the mall," and you were like, "We're not famous." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Why?" When I was a kid, I used to go to the mall all the time with my buddies and all that, like because we needed to kill a day. I mean, get dropped off, and like my mall had like an arcade and a movie and a dollar theater next to it, and we would just fuck around in the mall and like. Uh, go to the toy store and get the lightsabers out and fight kids until we got kicked out and then go see a movie for a dollar, play some games and, you know, our moms would pick us up. But, uh, but nowadays I'm like, this is a, like, this is just, I'm just going to have a panic attack. (laughs) I don't know. I feel trapped. Did you go to Spencer's or to get some fun, like shot glasses or. (laughs) I did go into a Spencer's and guess what Spencer's sells now. Spencer's is like not what you remember it as. It's like the a mall isn't what you remember it as. Spencer's it's, is like an adult store now. Yeah, there's like butt plugs and dildos and vibrators in the back. And like the, there's there's like kiosks random, randomly in the mall where like last time I was at a mall, like, oh, they're selling like iPhone cases. Now it's just all like anime shirts and stuff. I'm like, <laughs> what happened? I'm like, what happened? Like <laughs> If the if the mall sold anime shirts when I was going to the mall, like as a kid, like in middle school and like early high school and stuff, that would that would be a game changer. I would have all kinds of cool shirts. Where did you buy your spawn shirt? We'll have to we'll have to share <laughs> a picture. Elliot sent this great spawn shirt that he used to have. Was that I feel like that would have been purchased at a kiosk? Well, it had to be at the mall, right? Because like where else would I get it? Uh, I, I had this really gross, like uh, one of those like all over print, like really intense spawn shirts. <laughs> I think I think I lost it or I threw it away because it was it was like real big. It was like just a square shirt, you know, it was made for I don't know. It was, was it, it for was, my? 
It was definitely an AJ Soprano shirt, like for sure. <laughs> oh, I don't get the reference, but uh, <laughs> I probably got that at a like uh, at a Spencer or like a uh, do you like or a Hot Topic maybe or a did you have Gadzooks? We never had Gadzooks. Like later on, this, this shop called Gadzooks showed up, and it was like all rave wear and stuff, like parachute pants and shit. Did uh, did you ever have uh, Fye or Sam Goody? We, uh, we had Sam Goody. FYE was a, like, I think it's a regional thing. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we would always go to Best Buy for our CDs. Same. So the mall I used to hang out in, in San Antonio, which, you know, uh, growing up, we never really went to the mall a lot. It wasn't until like eighth grade where we would just go hang out like at the mall, um, like Robin Sparkles, you know, we just yeah. be there. <laughs> and, uh, and there was a Sam Goody at like a, I'll never, it was like a weird location. It was like back in a corner. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking everything's so expensive here. Like, man, let's just go to, and there was a Best Buy across yeah. the highway. And so we would go to Best Buy and yeah. actually I bought a lot of my favorite, all time favorite CDs from, from Best Buy. So I think my first girlfriend worked at the Sam Goody for a hot minute there. Ah. Uh, but yeah, we would just, I would go straight to the electronic section and like all these little like, you know, CD singles. Like, what's the point? There's like two tracks on it. And like, it's like $20. Oh, well, it's an import. Oh, man. I got ripped off so much in those days. Were you already DJing at this time? No. At I, 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 my mall age? Mm-hmm. When I was going to the mall a lot? No. No. Well, no, I don't think so. No. Well, No. <laughs> Did you ever like when when you started DJing? Did you ever like have a hard time like checking down like vinyl copies of like albums or songs you wanted because they were only available on CD? Like, what? When I started trying to figure the DJ thing out, I was pretty young. I was like, well, yeah. So, well, maybe I was kind of DJing. I was making a lot of tapes in those days, those mall days, where I would, you know, we would, we would go and we would, you know, buy a CD or two if we could, and then like uh and I would take it home and I had like, you know, my disc man. And then like I had a tape deck and then like uh, eventually got turntables, but no vinyl, no vinyl at that point. I don't think, uh, but like trying to figure out how to waste to like overlap, you know, songs and like edit through a tape and all this. Uh, but then I, I don't, I think I played out like I did a, like I started DJing proper at like 15 and then like, I think played live. Uh, 16 or 17. Yeah. I think you said right now, mall days. I think that's the title of the episode. Mall days. Okay. I love it. <laughs> uh-huh. That's yeah. Like um, even now, like I, I do enjoy just walk. Sometimes I'm like my lunch break. I'll just go and, you know, get some like food court, Chinese food, you know? Yeah. Like, Panda express. Panda express. Um, Orange Julius, bro. We never had Orange Julius. The I, we didn't have it in the Midwest. We had like a smoothie thing, but like when I finally had an Orange Julius, I was like, "Oh, that's next level, awesome." <laughs> I like I like oranges. That's sipping Mimos. Oh, did we did we do it? Did we solve it? We'll slowly figure out the the puzzle pieces into like why we're like this. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, so lots come out 
since our last episode, and I'm hoping to talk about one thing in particular, but I could guess. Have you seen, watched, or heard anything cool lately? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I've been watching, I, I tore through all of Barry, the. Um, oh, Bill uh, Hader? The Bill Hader like, uh, assassin show, mm-hmm. which is pretty wild. That was cool. Henry Winkler? Yeah, the Fonz. Yeah. My brother met him in here in Austin and like partied with him. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I would love to hang out with Henry Winkler. <laughs> he seems, seems like a nice enough dude. Right? Yeah, so that show is cool. Uh oh, and then I um what did, did did we talk about Dune last episode or or uh we had not. I I, I haven't seen it yet. I know it's like leaving it's leaving you haven't seen it. this weekend, so I need to. Oh, they're taking it down? Uh-huh. Oh, well, well, Denis Villeneuve is an amazing director, and he—I think he—I don't know if you're going to theaters or anything, but it's worth your eleven dollars if you want to see it on a proper screen and all that. Uh, and it's long as shit, um, but it's very—I it's, think it's very well done. As opposed to what I went to the mall for, because my friends wanted to go to the mall to go to the AMC. There, I'm a—I'm an Alamo guy <laughs> through and through. And I avoid malls, but we went and saw Eternals. Oh man, what, I still haven't seen it. What what are, you, what are your thoughts on it though? Is it should I wait till it comes out on Disney Plus or? Oh man, it's just so it's just so damn long, and like there's <sighs> the performances are stilted, but like I guess these characters don't know what they are. Like these actors, you know, like, like oh, you're an immortal being that's been around for five thousand years, and like. And so, like, I don't know what, where, what's your motivation? I don't know, but like, the, the performances are odd, and the, it seems like there was a lot of weird cuts in the editing bay. Like, there's like, sh- like little shots of like people talking to each other, and it'll focus on the person that's listening instead of the person that's talking, which says to me like, oh, they they cut this and like ADR'd it like um, after the fact and like put the voice over this shot to to trim down the dialogue, but, and yet the movies, I think it's five hours long. <laughs> <laughs> I went with my friends who were like casual Marvel fans. And I actually like, I got a little cringy, like an hour in an hour in like where I'm like, this movie's really long. And like, I don't know if my friends are enjoying it, but you know, they're all like pointing out, Oh, that guy's from game of Thrones. Oh, that guy's from game of Thrones. Wait, that, <laughs> that person forget. There's a lot of, cause like everyone from game of Thrones is in it. And like, oh my, oh my God, it's a, it's a Angelina Jolie or whatever, you know? And, but like, man, the movie just keeps going and like, oof, it's, it's just kind of dull. Yeah. I, I wasn't too uh, excited about it uh, when they announced it. I was more excited about uh, one I just watched recently, finally, Shang-Chi. Oh, awesome. what do you think of Shang-Chi? Oh man, it was baller town. Right? It's so oh. good. Like, I uh I love things which kind of like what we're gonna listen to or we're gonna talk about tonight. I love things that will make me um almost gasp, you know, like uh. which I would be like oh, one of those things, like mm-hmm. uh, and there were multiple times in 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 that movie where it it was like you know, the fight choreography is just 
gorgeous. Dude, the the bus sequence when he's beating those guys up on the bus. That was is, the one. It's it, like something happens in that scene. Like, oh, I am way into this movie. I, I was like, I was um, it was that, and then like I was tearing up during like when they're flashing back to his father meeting his mother, and they're fighting, and it's all kind of like crouching tiger style. Dude, I, I was like, I was getting misty eyed too. It was. I thought it was so breathtakingly beautiful, and like I'm like. Oh my God! They're falling in love with each other while they're battling and stuff like that. I, I, I it was in the music and everything, and like, I, I just I don't yeah. know. It, I, I really, I truly enjoyed that movie, and like, there were multiple times where I, I would turn to my fiance and be like, "Damn, Shang Chi is rocking the house right now," you know. She'd be like, no, that's that's the episode title. <laughs> <laughs> she would Damn. just be like, "Stop." Stop pausing the movie. Just <laughs> oh no, are you a pauser? Are you hogging that remote and pausing it and stuff? Only if I need to like uh, oh, explain boy. something. Like Shang Chi is rocking the house right now. <laughs> <laughs> don't 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 Shang Chi explain to your fiance. <laughs> I just gotta pause it just so you know um, he's rocking the house right now. Okay, now that we're all on the same page, we can continue the movie. I uh. I don't know. I I really, really, truly enjoyed it. And um, the um, I'm trying to think what else. Ben Kingsley like, showing back up. Uh, I thought it was really funny. Oh yeah, yeah. I I there were a lot of times I LOL'd um <laughs> with with him when he's when you think he's like you think he's dead and he's like it's a performance, Morris. Play along. Yeah. Is it more? Is that the name of the little like softball? That weird. Band? monster thing with like no face which is so cute and like awesome and hilarious and then those weird lion things when they finally get to the 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 whatever place i haven't seen it in a while uh the big the big lion looking things yeah and there's there's a goddamn dragon in it and then when like the the with the 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 physicality of the fighting with the rings was so dope oh my god very very cool i i wish the only my only thing i mean is I wish they could have like explained like maybe we'll find that out in in another movie or explain like the origin of the rings because I think like in in the in the voiceover at the beginning they're talking about how I think the quote is he found the rings in a cave or a meteor site or something like that and I was just like okay like and then Saruman and Sauron forged the rings yeah yeah it could have been something like that yeah. Uh, did you watch the post-credit thing? Yes. With uh, so, Wong, right? Wong, and, well, then Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, the rings are like sending a signal out into space or whatever. So I think it's probably like those rings used to belong to Galactus or like it's a, the Celestials built them or something like that. Oh. Oh, and do you remember in Endgame? This is okay. a little tangent here. Do you remember in Endgame when they're doing like the little hologram thing? Speaking of with with Scarlett Johansson and like and like and they mentioned like oh there's been earthquakes in the Indian Ocean or whatever. Um, I think it's it might be it might have this might have a lot to do with Eternals. Is Namor mentioned? Dude, I forgot about Namor. He's he's he was like one of the OG Marvel characters. Yeah, yeah, he was a cool like uh he was like the first like um what do you call it anti-hero like he was kind of a villain but like he didn't really give a fuck and like he was a good good, good guy too 
yeah he's like a proto venom or spawn and stuff yeah yeah wow he's been like omitted from the mcu i think they're building up to it like someone teased about namor coming to the mcu and it was either Doctor, the guy that was going to do Doctor Strange 2 or the guy doing uh, Black Panther 2. Like, like oh, which, would, which kind of, would kind of make more sense. Namor versus Black Panther. It'd be like, you know, Atlantis versus Wakanda and shit. That'd be kind of a cool, cool movie. You know who would make a killer Namor? Uh, uh, John Cho. John Cho. Well, he's already, he's, he's Cowboy Bebop, which is going to drop any day now. That's not MCU, though. I know, I know, I know. I always thought... Um, Daniel Day Kim would be a good Namor. Let me see. Let me pull him up. Daniel Day Kim. Oh, yeah. No, I think that's a, that's a great pick. Um, I don't know, but that I would love to see that character because he was always, I always like really, whenever he would like pop up in comics, I'd be like, oh, it's Namor, but he was always just like really cool. No, yeah, I thought, I thought Shang-Chi was great. I want to learn, really want to learn more about the character. I thought, I thought I want to give the actor... Simu Lu? Simu Lu, yes. Um, he rocks the house tonight. Oh, he he was just wonderful. I mean, Aquafina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the, Tony Lung, uh, forgive me, uh, Chi, Chi Wai, uh, who played Shang-Chi's father, was freaking badass. Oh, that guy ruled. That guy was so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy was absolutely a standout. Yeah, I'm so glad you watched it. The movie's dope. I, I I'm excited. I and mean, when he's like floating in the air, getting ready to hit the, the the monster at the end, he's just like, and I think he's wearing Jordans too. At least it looked like he's wearing Jordans, which I love. <laughs> um, right on. But something was just released yesterday, November sixteenth. Right at the time of recording. You like you you texted it, and I literally pulled off. To the mall parking lot, actually. Did you? Are you serious? You pulled away. I, you pulled oh, yeah. over. I pulled over. My man. Uh, it was the first, perhaps maybe final trailer for Spider-Man. They they had released a teaser, uh, and then like uh, I I heard about it. Like, oh, they're gonna drop the trailer tonight. I'm like, what time? Like seven thirty. At seven thirty one, I texted you the trailer. <laughs> Uh, uh, what you think of the trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home? Um, I'm, <laughs> I haven't been more excited for a movie since Endgame. That's a bold statement. I am nervous. I'm nervous because of one, after I felt walking out of the Eternals, <laughs> where I was like, ah, oh, could have used more Kumail. And I don't know. But uh, and then... I'm like, wow, that that one's kind of rough. It's a what's well, like a you could even call it a slog, you know. Uh, uh, so like this this new trailer came out and like everyone was like, oh, are we gonna see uh, are we gonna see Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, you know, the previous Peter Parkers? Who I think both did a fine job, truly. And so, but they're they're making the case for oh, this is probably a Spider Verse situation where they're gonna show up, and there's all these like reports and like rumors but like they're not they're not confirmed to be see them on that screen if they're not in the movie this could be like a disaster um because they're not in the trailer um but but uh because everyone so is so expecting them to show up and all this um i don't know what the story is more than like beyond like oh peter's trying to 
Peter goes to Doctor Strange to try to, to erase everyone's memory that he's Peter Parker and that backfires and it breaks the multiverse open, which we've seen like broken open like two different ways now. I don't know. But uh, uh, and then all these bad guys come back and I don't know. Alfred Molina, I'm psyched for that. Like, I think he's a fucking fantastic villain. Like Spider-Man 2 is one of my favorite superhero movies ever. And he's, I think it's because of Molina's performance because he's such a fucking badass. Just yeah. so good. He's like so like perfectly like understated when it needs to be. The power of the sun in the palm of my hand. You, you, but you and like that that's that shot in Spider-Man 2 where you just see his goggles reflecting fire and you don't even see his his mouth move. It's it's brilliant, a brilliant performance and brilliant directing. I don't know how I feel about us colliding in all these movies that are not MCU canon into the canon. Yeah, I, I, uh, Spider Man next to Thor, Spider Man was always my favorite to read growing up. Yeah. You're a big Thor guy. Loved reading Thor back in the day. Uh, um, the Sinister Six were always really cool. I always loved those, the big, uh, the big like events in the book were like, you know, uh, the earliest one I can remember is Maximum Carnage. Mm-hmm. Or Carnage yeah, yeah. teamed up with like Hobgoblin and Venom was there and Captain America too. And and so I'm I'm very, very excited to see Alfred Molina uh, again. Uh, Willem Dafoe, you know, talking as like the Goblin slash Norman Osborn. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like Willem Dafoe is like an actor that I he's always like been there, but I actually like have seen a, a you know a couple of his movies recently. I, I, I did you ever see Platoon? I've never seen Platoon with um I think it's Charlie Charlie Sheen and um uh, Tom Berenger. He's it's a you know mm-hmm. harrowing film about uh, Vietnam, but Ooh. Willem Dafoe is just just wonderful in it um he's always good man yeah like I, the lighthouse saw that one he, i didn't like, see uh, the lighthouse i know a lot of people love it i didn't really love it but i thought there were some really interesting things going on um yeah so it's just really really cool to hear him do his you know norman osborne again you know it's creepy you know yeah he's got that great voice and that his this his face is like just designed for villainy like he's so good <laughs> what an expressive looking guy um i could i mean i think it's cool they're doing like electro's like throwback costume with like we well, yeah, the- well yeah it has like a certain like there's a, there's a shot in the trailer where he has like a burst of the, the star around his face. Yeah. Which they didn't touch. But he's like all blue in the in the Amazing Spider-Man, right? Yeah. So I'm and then he also like dies. So I'm like, I wonder how that's gonna work. And he's maybe it's a different universe or well, that could be, but all, but Doc Ock dies, um uh Green Goblin dies, uh like the, and that's what what Doctor Strange says, like, I'm sorry, Peter. They all die. They all die fighting Spider-Man. Like, this is their fate, and it seems to be the idea. And and uh, No Way Home is like, 
oh, they have to die again and you have to kill them. Yeah. Uh, to, to get them out of our universe or out of this, you know, part of the multiverse because it's going to collapse in on itself if you let them survive. And Peter's like, I think he's going to go against Strange and like try to find another way. That's when he like steals the, the weird cube thing and all this. And like, uh, and he's like, no, I'm going to just help him out and get him out of here. And I think Doc Ock's going to, you know, because he ends up being a pretty good guy in Spider-Man 2, which is such a fucking masterpiece. Anyway. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to revisit that one again. There's a shot in Spider-Man 2 when, of course, like Mary Jane is captured or whatever by Doc Ock. And uh, and then like Spider-Man's like, they're fighting, they're beating the hell out of each other. Like, and it's like, the, at the, that's at the end, like not even the amazing above ground subway uh, fight, which is so insane. Um, but he, he, his mask is torn off and he's like still fighting. And he finally like subdues Doc Ock. And he's like, he just looks over and Mary Jane's looking back at him. And she's just weeping because she figured it out. And it's just this amazing shot. And she's like, oh, oh, it all makes sense. She's like kind of smiling, but kind of but crying. Because she's like, oh, I get it. He's Spider-Man. And he just zips over. He's like, okay, no time to talk about this. You need to get out of here. Blah, blah, blah. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's so good. It's so good. The, uh, the scene where uh, Otto Octavius is they presume dead and they're like mm-hmm. going to, I guess do his autopsy, but he's got like the, you know, the, the arms like fused to his spine. So they're going to, and it just turns into like evil dead for like yep. two minutes. Yep. Is Sam Raimi going full evil dead with it. I feel like we talked about this on the show before. The one doctor, like, if it's on the show or like over a beer. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. It's all the same to me now. I need to watch it. It has the best ending of any Spider-Man movie too. Like, uh, well, at the end of Spider-Man 2, Mary Jane leaves her, leaves her uh, groom at the wedding and runs up to Peter Parker's apartment in her wedding dress. And, like, and, he, and then she's like, let's just try it or whatever. You know, I'm, I love you and all this. And he's like, she's like, she's like, I think, she's like that's okay that you're Spider-Man. And then just hears a siren at the window. And she, just, she, you know, she looks at him she's, and she just goes, go get him, Tiger. Oh, the best. I can't even handle that shit it's so good he's he zips out the window and then she walks up to it and then she like her face like grimaces because she's like oh no she's worried about him now and then he zips away in credits like that's the fucking best ending to a superhero movie ever i i can remember so clearly um you know 2005 watching because apple talk about uh movie trailers Apple on the, on the Apple website, they used to have like a tab for just movie previews. Do you remember this? I remember the Apple trailers thing. Yeah. 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 That was a thing. Like we, you know, like I can remember cause it was before, I mean, before, I don't know when YouTube came out, but it was before I knew and regularly, regularly used YouTube. So I can <laughs> remember so clearly going weekly and seeing, are there any new movie previews? Oh, are there any yeah. new like, interviews with the actors or never but and me and my sister we must have watched the movie preview for spider-man 2 30 times before we saw the movie and, we, <laughs> and it came out in the summer i think and we went first showing like on a tuesday morning to see spider-man it was wow it was everything you know and i was just remember thinking you know when dr octopus he he decides, you know, he's gonna 
he's not going to let himself die a monster. Yeah. He's going to put, he's going to put the past away. Uh huh. <laughs> and you know what? What's that? If, if Peter never speaks to him again, that'd be Peter okay. Are we going to do it? Let's do it. Here we go. go! I wish you would step back from that ledge, my friend. You could cut ties with all the lies that you've been living in. And if you do not want to see me again, I would understand. I would understand. The angry boy a bit too insane. I sing over a secret pain. Uh, so this this week we decided to pick uh, two songs instead of albums or or a soundtrack or anything like that to um, talk about songs that we're thankful for because it's uh, turkey season. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and and so so Jake, this 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 uh, episode you you chose uh, Thirty Blinds Jumper. Third Blinds Jumper, um, released in 1997, written by Stephen Jenkins, uh, singer and guitarist from Third Eye Blind. This is my favorite song of all time. Wow. <laughs> this is a bold statement. It's the song I can, it's the song from my life that I can remember hearing for the first time and it's a song that I've heard, I would argue, hundreds of times throughout my life, and I've never once t- grown tired of it. Wow. Yeah. Um, wow. Third Eye Blind isn't necessarily my favorite band, um, mm-hmm. although they are up there. Uh, but this song is very special, and it's, it's, it's just, to me, it's a total masterpiece of, pop rock songwriting um where did you first hear it so i think i've talked before on our uh natalie and brulia episode and our madonna episode uh of that glorious vh1 show that used to i used to watch music videos on in the summer sure um on that same show is where I first heard this song. And I remember like the video for the song is kind of, kind of chippy. It's kind of, it's very like Lenny Kravitz fly away vibes, you know, like, uh, <laughs> like a, a crazy underground club. But, you know, the song is about, you know, it addresses the, 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 the singer is addressing a, um, a suicidal, you know, friend. You know, someone who the, the the main lyric is, "I wish you would step back from that ledge, my friend." You yeah. know, you know, and that's you know that's shown in the video. You know, and and I just remember, I remember thinking like, "Wow, this is so crazy!" Like, 
Stephen Jenkins, he like he's like the singer looks like he looks cool. Like I'm sure if you go back now, he's wearing like a mesh shirt or something. Like <laughs> I watched the video. He, he looks funny. He's like one of the black tea or something like that. And uh I remember like being a so this is 97, so I was like nine. I remember thinking like, oh, he's so like, man, like he's so cool looking, like, oh, he's, you know, and the band's in there and there's that great bass part and there's just so many things happening in the song and it just all comes together. And I, I can remember I was in fourth grade and our teacher, she gave us like a free day and I, everyone was like playing, you know, like doing their thing, but I wanted to play with the radio. And she let me do the radio. And I remember me and my childhood best friend, we sat listening to Mix 96.1 for what felt like hours, but looking back, it may have just been like 30 minutes (laughs) waiting to hear Jumper by Third Eye Blind. Wow. Like, I can remember hearing Smash Mouth and like, uh, I think it was maybe early destiny's child all this it was a pop station you know and i keep being so disappointed that they haven't played third eye blind yet but when they played it i can remember jumping up and like throwing my hands in the air and being like yes you know and wow what what were your thoughts on this i know you've probably heard the song so many times over the years too yeah it's been in the ether and all that right um yeah of course i've heard this one um uh, I always really loved the uh, the bridge, the like, little breakdown, mm-hmm. the and it builds up and all that. No, I thought it was uh, stupendous, and remind me to bring that in later uh, when we talk about my song. But like, um, because uh, I found similarities, of course. I didn't sort it out until like re-listening for this that it was about self harm and like, and I looked into it. It's about one of the, I guess, one of their producers friends who uh had uh uh completed suicide uh, at a young age for his sexual orientation and all that and i thought uh oof. so so uh, i i i dig the song a great deal i think it's awesome uh i've never considered myself a third day blind guy but like i was just asking my friends like what do y'all know about third day blind and they're like they're like plenty i'm like oh I'm like are you a fan so they're like yes <laughs> and I'm like, oh wow! I've never like, well, I've never taken the poll before. Like, do you like Thirty Eight Blind? Uh, and then, they're, but they're like, yes, big time. I'm like, I had to talk about Jumper tonight. They're like, oh, that's a good one. And I'm like, oh. And then I'm like, you know, it's uh, I'm like the, you know, I wish you would step down from that ledge, my friend. And then the other person was like, oh, that was on my suicide playlist as a kid. Like, I would listen to that song when I was feeling really down or whatever to get me out of it. Like, uh, so this song has some power behind it, seems to be. And I think it's uh, memorable, perhaps for a good reason. Absolutely. I think it's one of those things where it's like, it's, it is a song about a very dark subject, you know, and I, and I, I hadn't heard the, the background to that's, that's, that it's just awful, but the, it's like, it's, it's a, it's a very, very heavy subject, but it's almost it's an up not an upbeat but it's not a slow song it's 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 kind of uplifting you know like especially like when you hear 
that guitar, the guitar solo, which um, want to be sure to um, give the guitarist proper credit because he uh, is killer. Uh, Kevin uh, Cadigan, the original guitarist of um, Third Eye Blind, the it's uplifting. It's like, it, it's, a, it's about a, a heavy, you know, very serious subject, but it's, it's, I think it was like, it's a way to say like, Hey, like, you know, it's going to be okay. Like, you know, even if you don't want, even if you don't want me in your life after this night, like, I don't want you to hurt yourself. You can leave me out of your life. You can go and do your own thing, but don't hurt yourself. I'm here for you. You know, and it's for, for having a reputation of being like a total, like rock star, like D bag, uh, Stephen Jenkins, like this is a very, like, uh-huh. very, you know, very touching song, very yeah. impactful song, definitely. Like, uh, I'm going to stop you from doing this. And if you're mad at me tomorrow, that's fine. Like, yeah. we don't have to, we don't even have to be friends anymore, but this is more important. I think that's a profound uh, yeah. idea. Yeah. And uh, something should be said about, about Jenkins, because like, he's, a, he's a very, very smart guy. He graduated from UC Berkeley um, uh, oh. with a bachelor's in English literature. Uh, so he, the guy knows how to write. You know, he's a very, very gifted writer, uh, you know. And, and uh, this one, norm, a lot of the stuff on that Third Eye Blind's um, debut album, which mm-hmm. we'll more than likely get to because it's one of my favorite albums ever. Um, it was like co-written by um, Cadigan, but this one was all all Jenkins, and mm. I don't know. It's just I just it's it's just one of my faves. And have you ever been out to like <laughs> a bar or a restaurant when the songs come on? I'm sure I have. Do people go just lose their mind? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's one of those where it's like the outro chorus, the "I will understand." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, I've, I have, I just have a, a, a ton of memories of singing this song with with friends o- over the years. You know, it's like air guitaring the guitar solo. You know, and just oh yeah, I don't know. I just, it's just. This song just means just boatloads to me, um, and I hadn't listened to it in a while. But I'm, I'm, it was so it was so fun to like to go back and, and listen to it through the Nemo's lens because it was I was noticing things like that I had forgotten. Like after the guitar solo, it's, he's doing the down 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 right down down down, and he goes get up. You, you hear him say like get up? Oh down. yeah yeah. There's a weird like oh, wow. Yeah kind of thing. I really like the uh, the snare kind of march. The yeah. uh, I thought that was the the bridge and build up is to where, where you get to the call and response. The, the, uh, the like that's for us to sing back to him, you know, as he's singing. Yeah. You know, I think that's uh, just perfectly executed. Right, it's a good tune, man. I got we got to give uh, credit where credit's due. So. Uh, Arian Salazar plays that bass of and then Brad uh, Hargreaves 
plays drums on, on this one, and it's just, I don't know. First, it, me, for me personally, it takes me back to Miss Mooshop's class, you know? And okay. While everyone was playing around and doing their thing, like, I sat with my buddy by her pink radio. Mm-hmm. I, just sat, I just sat there listening, like, oh, fucking smash mouth again. <laughs> no Somebody. Oh, you know, and uh, this, this one, this one was really special. And this, and I'm thankful for this song because yes, go on. It was the first song I ever really truly fell in love with. Wow. You know, um, mm-hmm. it has my favorite chord structure. The chords are <laughs> F, C, G, and like an A minor in there. That's my. I will love your band if you play any variation of that chord structure i call it i call it um <laughs> l chord structure i'm I, I don't i'm a self-taught musician so i sadly don't know i know there's probably like a term for it i call it the l chord structure um, okay <laughs> fcg and it's just it's i don't know and the solo and the lyrics and the melody it's just i think I think this is my Sipping Mimo's adventure started with Jumper. Wow. Absolutely so. Beautiful. Well said. yours we have i, I just yeah. another masterpiece uh, just... okay so yeah uh, um so so for this episode a special thanksgiving what we're thankful for episode i was i've been i've been wanting to find a way to talk about this song for a long time but like i don't i'm not as familiar with the album it debuted on which was released in 94 and, and the song has uh different uh uh incarnations in 98 which is my favorite i believe and then and and then in 09 later on but uh this song means a lot to me and it's paul van dyke's foreign angel (laughs) jake did you like it i loved it also side note thanks thanks sipping (laughs) thanks sipping (laughs) okay Sips giving. Ooh, sips giving. <laughs> sipping gobbles. <laughs> yeah, sipping gobbles. That's way better. Uh, 
Gobble and Mimos. <laughs> gobble. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> gobble has like different uh, I don't know, annotations. I don't, I don't That's know. a heavy word. There's a lot. There's a lot, a lot of weight behind it. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, for, uh, for an angel, I, I love it. Like, um, so I was actually um, telling telling my fiance is like, I I love music that can make me f- like feel. Yes feel something you know feel like ah oh, yes. you know like and yes. i think that's i think that's why like i enjoy movie scores so much i know we've talked about kick-ass a lot there's a there's a ton of music in kick-ass that you know can make you feel sad can make you feel upbeat it's just it doesn't even have to have lyrics it doesn't have to have words but if there are there the movements can take you on the same journey i think that's a very special song and and that is what that is what we have with foreign angel this is just it was wonderful oh i'm so glad you liked it i feel like i have a similar history with it like um i didn't sit by the radio with a friend to wait for it to come on but i i I discovered it like accidentally, like I was buying a gremlin or something like, like oops, you know, <laughs> I think it was on some compilation that I had bought, like there's some three, three CDs set and some like little, like in a circular tin. Cause like packaging was all the, you know, the rage if you could Ooh, to sell I love to, the circular tin. Oh yeah. Do uh, you remember those? Man. I, yeah. It's kind of silly, but like, if you could make your packaging look cool, you could just buy the right Sally songs and put a compilation together. And I just like the compilation wasn't any good, but like that, I think that, I think that was where I heard for an angel first. Um, and it kind of blew my goddamn mind. Well, mm-hmm. like I hadn't heard anything quite like this. I was in my, you know, exploratory electronica, you know, early years and all that. So I was listening to, listening to, you know, your Chemical Brothers, your Prodigy, your Daft Punks, like that, that we've established already, but I hadn't heard anything quite like this. Um, and I went, and I, and it just kind of blew my mind. I'm like, this is like, I'm like, what would you call this kind of electronic music? And looking into it, it's called trance. And Foreign Angel is considered like one of the best trance tracks of all time. I think it is absolutely stunning. I think it is uh, and and truly um, uplifting, as was the Arthur I Blind tune. Like it's it is uplifting. You're 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 soaring. I didn't know that dance music could be like that. And and it kind of just changed. It like it was like seeing a new color. Like oh, there's a new way to do this. And you know, I, being really into electronic music and like into like you know loops and beats and like and and all this like there's also there's often a lot of aggression behind it for whatever reason these producers are putting like you know techno is kind of mean and like and like you know house is dancey but it's it's a little you know clicky or or something like that but this this new trance thing was like melody forward and it was just all about like moving up the piano scale like a john williams tune and it's soaring it's it's moving your heart and it gave me chills. And so I started 
buying records similar to this in the chant that the in the trance genre um i would only play out records that would give me goosebumps like because i wanted these i didn't I had an academy of these big breakdowns and melodic like synths and like buildups and then like uh, crescendos and all this. I, I just, it blew my dumb little mind. So I think I've talked, I'm pretty sure I talked about my cousin Missy uh, on the show before. Hi Missy. Uh, hey, hey Missy, love you. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm pretty sure, but she burned me a CD that a friend burned for her and it was called Mel's mix. And it had a lot of like, I've talked about like DJ Laz before. He's like a Miami, uh, Miami DJ. Uh-huh. Miami Just bass great guy, right? Stuff. Just great stuff. But it also had a lot of stuff that sounded like this. I heard, so that was back in like 2003, gosh, 18 years ago now. But I, that was my earliest memories of being, of like hearing, music like this where it was just like delayed piano you know uh yeah a lot of pads you know and and it it just it gave me you know at 13 so 2003 so at the age of like 14 it gave me the feeling of like oh like you know being in a club you know uh strobe lights going dancing feeling this feeling this music just like, you know, flow through, you know, my body. And it's, and I love it because I've never heard this song before. I'd I'd never heard, this was a totally new experience for me, but I got that same experience, same experience I felt 18 years ago. You know, I felt listening to this, to this song. It was killer. Like this is, so when we, when we started off on this journey, you know, I was like, okay, like we're like, you mentioned trance. So in my mind, this is what trance is. So when we started like off with the basics with doing our homework, you know, yeah, <laughs> that was, you know, more like little, very, very edgy, you know, a lot more edgy. Um, uh-huh. Um, more sample driven for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But this was just like laying down on, a brand new memory foam mattress and just like warm blankets out of the, out of the dryer. And just like, wow. It just, it, it, it felt good listening to the song. Yeah. It feels good to listen to it. Isn't that wild? I don't know. I think it's fantastic. And, and yeah, it feels good to listen to it. Paul Vedek is a German DJ and producer and he has the kindest face to ever see. He's yeah. a really good, it's like a really good looking dude. Um, like, 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 you see like videos of him, like, that might be the nicest German I've ever seen in my entire goddamn life. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> but like, you have to have a certain amount of heart to make something like this. I think, I assume, I don't know. Uh, I think it's astonishing and, and it changed my mind about, you know, I, like I alluded to before, like about what this, as I was trying to get into this, you know, DJ world and like trying to get into like electronic music and like, well, how, what, what, you know, what, what, what do I want to like, you know, if I'm playing at a, at a party or a rave or whatever, like, what do I want to, what, what story do I want to tell for an hour? Like, I didn't think about 
like, oh, I'll just, I'll just try to match these records, you know, I'll just do that. And then I didn't think about like, well, what if I took someone on a journey? Like, what if this was like, what if this was like, uh, you know, somehow emotional and like, and I remember once when I was really little, uh, or uh, little, I don't know, when I was like in the same era, like <clears throat> when you're, you're growing up, you're pubescent and like, you're trying to figure out who you want to be. <clears throat> and someone just said like, I try to be nice to everyone. And that had never occurred to me. And I was like, oh, is that an option? Just be nice to everyone. And then like this song, when I, when I first heard it, it felt like that, like this revolution of like, oh, like well, when you're playing music or listening to music, I mean, you can just be nice to everyone. And that never occurred to me. What if every DJ set I put together or perform or whatever is kind of like a sermon and it's like, and it's and like the moral of the story is be nice to each other. What if that's a thing? Like, and, and it came from this piano, this piano from foreign angel, like this, that was enough to like blow my mind and, and realize, Oh, I'm going to, I need to add melody to this. I need to, I need to all of a sudden, all of a sudden track order on mixed CDs I would put together for friends, like, and tapes and stuff like that became deeply important for me. Cause I, cause the phrasing in this, in this song is so important and it, and it builds up and it falls and it picks you back up again and it, and it drops you again and then it goes into this really insane uh you know kind of techno bridge much very much like the our third blind tune like in the same way that uh your guitar player guy is like is noodling and it builds up so does foreign angel like like break down into this like like techno like phrasing like and like this kind of like you you've you've almost forgotten what how the melody goes until you just brings you right back into it with the bum, 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 bum. And it's just good storytelling. And so I think, honestly, finding this song, playing it at people and listening to it has made me a better person. And I'm thankful for it. That's heavy, man. Yeah. I'm so glad you identified with it or you dug it. Absolutely. No, I... um. I've always just had such a, a love of just instrumental music. I, I, I'm, I'm nothing, nothing against lyrics. I think lyrics are poetry. Um, but I think, if, I think I've always felt that, like I said earlier, you know, like a song can, can move you, can take you places with a, with a melody, you know, with, with orchestration, you know, and, mm -hmm that's that's what happened with this one like this because it it just it just you're, you're just able to just kind of like focus in like okay like okay so like that sounds like a very like percussive piano i think looks like the he's famous for using uh it looks like the roland jp 8000 was a popular synth for for trance artists <laughs> it's actually pretty cool because i'm i was like looking uh, at the trance music Wikipedia page and saw a lot of, I saw, a, I saw, I, I saw some familiar faces. Um, on Van Buren's saw mm -hmm. that in there. Uh, what I was going to ask you though, is where does Paul Van Dyke fall with BT? Okay. Uh, in the nineties, um, BT and PVD as he's known 
Paul Van Dyke. Uh, they were buddies, and like I, I think, in fact, BT might have advised Paul Van Dyke on this track. Um, they, oh wow! They, they later went on to collaborate on stuff because there's a lot of uh, ESCM in here, right? You, you can hear like the Flaming June, yes, um, song in it, like the piano driven, like like you know, if anything, like, BT was like, no, no, keep the piano, like because. He might have thought like, "Oh, I'll change that piano thing to a synth thing, like a more buzzsaw kind of thing." A little more buzzsaw thing, because often with where trance music went was like uh, what they what they started calling uh, bees in a coffee tin, or just like like okay, but we don't want that. This 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 track is so clean and elegant, and like there's not a lot of parts, you know. There's not a lot of um, there's not a lot of elements at play here, but it's but it it says so much. Um, BT and Paul Van Dyke worked a lot together uh, later on, and they made a track called uh, "Forbidden Fruit," and um, and they worked. They had, I think they have a collaborated album. In fact, maybe I'll. Call, I think it's called Seven Ways." Maybe I'll have you listen to that one because it's pretty great. It's very melodic. I, I I think BT might have anchored Paul into the melodic stuff, and it forged the way for a lot of trans DJs, including Armand Van Buren. This is at the era right when trance becomes this huge thing. And like from, so from 94, when this song came out to, you know, 99, like trance is just overtaken and it's huge. We have your, you've got your Oakenfolds and you got your uh, more progressive house guys like Sasha and Digweed. And you've got your trance guys like Armand Van Buren, et cetera. There are a lot of guys out there. Oh, and you know, your Tiestos and all that. But like, uh, yeah. Paul Van Dyke has, changed his style a bit over the years and all this but he's always like he's always it's always clear to me that he's putting a lot into the music that he makes and he cares about it deeply when some of these guys seem to be like well here's a track here's a track here's a track like he wants to make albums and he wants to have like soundscapes and he wants to tell stories and i think the storytelling is so clear in this one B bt might have more technical skill in like the engineering room or whatever with the knobs and the switches and all this, but Paul Van Dyke, like simplicity of it all is undeniable. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say like I, electric sky church music, while great, I, I found I connected more with Paul Van Dyke on the more, on just a melodic level, you mm. know, um, and like you, I think you said it like simplistic, you know, because it was like. Thing, the thing I loved about this one is just he's just adding something different. It's like he'll he's got his like main piano riff and then he does like sections where he's he does a new instrumentation and then he goes back to the he goes back to the piano riff and he does something new and then he goes back. It just um, I I I connected with that because it was like it was like oh this is nice this is nice oh something new okay we're going back to, we're going back to that that tasty riff yeah. Oh, Ooh. something new. Oh, oh, okay. We're going back to the tasty riff, you know, like it was, it was like, it was like going on a roller coaster, you know, and you're like, oh, okay, okay, here we go. We're going, oh, you know. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I, I would compare it to like, uh, I guess I would compare it more to like, uh, certainly there's some BT influence here, but like uh, more than anyone else, like some Crystal Method action where it's like, oh, like w w while, when, where Crystal Method is like, Oh, we're super cool, and you're a badass listening to this. He's uh, where Crystal Method will like break it down, and then you're even more of a badass at the end of the song. This one is like, no, you're loved. 
<laughs> like, I, I think it's so powerful. <laughs> like, uh, like they're, they're, you know, this guy's kind of legendary and like they're, stories of like you know people just breaking down crying at his shows and stuff like that i've seen him twice uh one time me and my buddy dave drove to chicago and went to a paul van dyke show way early he wasn't on till like midnight and we got there at like 8 p.m because we were kids <laughs> we didn't know what else to do uh <laughs> and so we made her down for a long time and uh you know saw him play and it was awesome it was great uh uh, and I saw him in Miami again when he, he played a song called uh, Nothing But You, which is tremendous. <sighs> but it's it's post-90s. Um, and then when, when I saw him, like, he seemed like a, he seemed like a nice guy. And I, I was there front row. Uh, he was he was playing right before, uh, right, I think right before or after Underworld had played. Oh, wow. So it was quite the night. And I, uh, I had these like CDRs, these burnt uh, CDs uh, with like a DJ mixer or something on, on it, like a demo to hang, hand out to people at this festival in Miami. And like, what's gonna happen? I don't know. They're gonna hire me. But I thought like, if I could get one of these to PVD, that sure would be cool. So I had saved a few of them and Paul Van Dyke finishes playing and he's like waving to the crowd and I start hurling CDs at his face, <laughs> and, and people around me see me doing that. They're like, "Oh, let me try!" So I hand, and I start handing these DJ mixes to friends, to my new friends that are hanging out around me, and they all start frisbeeing these CDs at Paul Van Dyke onto the stage. And he, he he's like, "Whoa!" And he looks down, and he sees one, he picks it up, and looks at me, like gives me a thumbs up, and walks off stage. I'm like, "So I got, to, I gave him a demo." Wow. <laughs> Never heard from him, but it's okay. But that was like everything to me. You know, like he wrote for an angel. Like like the song that kind of changed my life and I'm deeply thankful for. And uh yeah. That's amazing, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Third Eye Blind played ACL a couple years ago and they did a signing. And so I have a copy of the uh, the self-titled album that Jumper is on on vinyl, so I took it to get them to get them to sign it. Carried mm -hmm. around like cardboard all day because I was like, I can't bend it, I cannot. Wow! Bend it. Like, what a know. pain in the ass though. You got to bring a piece of vinyl to a show. I know it was so worth it though. I was like, okay, I'll stand in the sun. <laughs> the record will get the shade, you know, like oh, the, the the you know, and and so we get up there, and it's it's only Stephen Jenkins and the drummer whose name is escaping right now are the original members. They have uh, uh, other new members to the band now. Cause like I said, I think Stephen Jenkins is famously not the easiest person to get along with. Um, <laughs> but I digress. Uh, and so I get up there and the band already knows what's up. And I'm wearing, I'm wearing a spinal tap shirt with like Kurt Cobain sunglasses, the big, the white ones. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> and I was like, hey guys, um, you know, we saw we caught your show in 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 Houston last year. It was it was y'all wonderful. I I was like, can I is it okay if I just have you know Steven and I can't think of the guy's name right now? And they were like, sure, man. So 
the drummer signed it. And then Stephen Jenkins was there at the end. And there I was like sitting across the table from the guy who wrote jumper. Wow. And he's there and he's like, he's like a, like a, a California surfer dude. He was just like, Hey, look at you and your Kurt Cobain sunglasses and spinal tap shirt. You look cool. And I was like, really? <laughs> cool. And he signed it. He signed my vinyl. So uh, I'm actually looking at it right now on the wall. I got Stephen Jenkins to sign my vinyl and he said he liked my Kurt Cobain sunglasses. So <laughs> I feel like there were a lot of, uh, I feel like there were actually a lot of like parallels between our, our songs that we selected for this, for this special episode. I love it. And that's just, it just solidifies why we have the show together. I agree. I also saw some similarities, especially, especially in the, the breakdowns and the bridge and like then parts coming together and all this, you know, because these are, I think they're, they're both pretty simplistic song writings, you know, but, uh, but, but the way you move these elements around, uh, it can really uh, move you. I think, I think we have a lot to be thankful for this year. And yeah. And you know, and third eye blind and Paul Van Dyke, third eye blind, third eye blind, Paul Van Dyke. There are even three syllables. That's crazy. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> I wonder if they would, or would they appreciate being compared to each other? I guess we'll find out <laughs> when they, when they respond to our episode. <laughs> uh, oh, speaking of, uh, our good friend, Adam driver emailed me. Uh, what? Yeah, he's got a new movie coming out with Lady Gaga and Jared Leto, uh, House of Gucci. Uh, I think it's pronounced Gucci. <laughs> but he, yeah, he's got a new movie. Does he want to come on the show and talk about he it? Actually, emailed and said he's ready to come on to do press for the show. But what day are are you going to be out of town for for the holiday? <laughs> um. Well, well, I'm out of town for um. Uh, <sighs> early december and then probably late december too that's those are literally the only times he has <laughs> wait seriously yeah. well you know what well that's that's kind of fine though because guess who slid into my dms <gasps> nev <Neve> campbell <sighs> nev nev did we get her we got her but like she's only available at certain times when did you say you, again you were going out of town for the holidays Oh gosh, you know it's it's kind of up in the air, but we're looking December fifteenth through the twenty second. That's like her only available time, dude. Ah, dang it! And I swear <laughs> to God, if you do the interview with the, with Nev Campbell by yourself, we I'm breaking <laughs> up. We are ending the show. <laughs> I would never. No, it's got to be both of us. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> the adventure continues. Yeah. Uh, Todd McFarlane's very available. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he seemed a little too eager. I'm like, I'm like oh, kind of turned off, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also, Ethan Embry is my roommate now. <laughs> <laughs> he just straight up lives with me. <laughs> I love Ethan Embry. That I will be over in just a second. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a lot to be thankful? I am thankful for you, my friend. 
I am thankful for you. This, this honestly, this project is uh, like keeps me hanging on in a way you, you'll never understand truly. So I, it truly, really does. I, mean, I love it so much. The 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 that feeling is echoed. I'm I'm grateful for this adventure we are on, and looking mm-hmm. forward to many more episodes, uh, many more albums. Uh, and I'm we're also I think I speak for Elliot too and i say we're grateful for you gentle listener thank you for, for yeah. listening uh yes giving feedback and letting us know that you are listening because honestly that's the best feeling in the world to know someone is out there listening to our crazy jokes about 90s rock and electronica yeah uh my buddy just uh had to do a, had to drive to houston and back for just for like a business meeting and he said he tore through sipping mimos the entire way through. Oh, what buddy? Uh, my buddy Daniel. It was just like, like man, I, yeah. And then uh, so I listened to the um, uh, Alanis Morissette versus Crystal Method episode, or, 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 or and he was, just, he was like he was like singing Alanis and like making references to the show. Oh, it's it's amazing. It's great. Oh, people are thank people you for are, listening, Daniel. Yeah. Um, what are we doing next time? Oh man. So next time we got the holidays coming up. We do. Let's see. You know what? Let's do let's do a gift to each other in the form of a rockin' album. Let's see. Rockin'. Okay. Let's see. And that's rockin' in this in the way that like Shang-Chi is rocking the house. Yes, we understand that Shang-Chi rocks the house. Let's see. Okay. Who I'm so glad you gonna... liked Shang-Chi. Oh, I, I loved it. Let's see. Who are we? You know, I got my list. <laughs> All right, you go first. I'm going to shoot from the hip. Oh, shit. Okay. Doing albums proper, yeah? Yeah. Just for funsies, because it's going to be a rough holiday season. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, I'm going to ask you to listen to <laughs> 1998's Decks and Drums and Rock and Roll by The Propellerheads. Oh, that's that's a very familiar name because they were on the Matrix soundtrack. Boom! They do the uh, the fantastic. Yes, they do. Uh, Spy Break. Spy Break. Yes, um, but this is the album that Spy Break comes from, and it and there's a lot of fun stuff on here. A lot of similarities to like this is like another big beat album, so it's going to be a lot of fun to listen to. Very Fabo Slimmy and. Uh, there's some really good, like, good jams in here. Some good vocals and a lot of like, lots of horns. And there's one track on here I can't wait for you to listen to, and it's called "On Her Majesty's Secret Service," and it's a like a 007 James Bond rework. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a is that Lazenby? I think might totally be wrong. Oh wow, of their bonds, I don't. Yes, it is George Lazenby. Oh okay. Listen to "On Her Majesty's Secret Service" with headphones on at least once. There's, a, there's, there's amazing panning on it. All right. All right. So in the spirit of keeping thing, keeping, we did, we did our soundtracks. This is a band that we talked about before. Uh, highly influential. Uh, just three dudes from New York City. Uh-huh. And I'm very excited to listen to it because we, we, we don't get enough hip hop on the show. Oh, uh, so I'm gonna do a 98 <gasps> record as well. Oh my god, I so know what gonna, it is. 
So we're going to do 1998's Hello Nasty by... I love it. The Beastie Boys. Ooh. Oh, man. Okay, this is just like a party episode. I love yeah. it so much. All right. <laughs> oh, man. This is a good, like, um, double feature. Truly. Oh, I love it. Hello Nasty? All right. Oh, uh, I love it. Look for... Uh, Check, look out for um, opening. I know the songs on it. Super disco breaking. <laughs> money, so, money making. Oh, so good. It's uh, so good. Don't listen to it in the car because there is a siren that comes out <laughs> in it and you will think <laughs> you are being pulled over for speeding. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> okay. Awesome, dude. All right. All right, so I got my propeller head. You got your Beastie Boys. Let's I get do. Forward. All right, man. So signing off for the Mimos, I'm Jake. I'm Elliot. Uh, and thank you for listening. And as always, stay sipping. Stay sipping. Bye, guys. Bye.